Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to their favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they've been up to outside the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the Tiger for Life podcast is Washita graduate Matthew Shepard from the class of 1998. Matthew is partner and president at the Law Offices of Shepard & Shepard, PA in El Dorado. He currently serves as Speaker of the Arkansas House of Representatives and is the Arkansas State Representative for District 6, serving his sixth term in the House. Matthew shares about his time serving in the House, what he loves about his hometown of El Dorado and why he chose to return there to practice law and raise his family, and his favorite Washtenaw memories like his first date with his wife, Allie, at E-50's Twerp Night, being a beta baby in Tiger Tunes, and learning lessons from his excellent political science professors that have served him well as a state representative. All right, Mr. Speaker, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad you could hop on today for a little bit and chat a little bit about um, your time in the legislature, of course, but also your time at Washtenaw. Uh, you know, I, I know you majored in history and political science here at school. You know, what led you to pursue a career in law before your your time there in the, the house? But what led you to a law career? You know, I think that that what pr- was probably the primary motivation or what kind of sparked my interest was, uh, you know, growing up in my home where my dad had been a lawyer and and, and was and still is a judge. And so that's just something that that uh, I guess watching him through the years, that was always something that was a little bit of interest to me. And when I got to Washita, I really didn't know exactly where, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, but I decided to major in history and political science. And, uh, you know, I think through my time at Washita and those classes, uh, particularly in those two, two areas, it, it, uh, you know, I guess it confirmed that I had an interest in in reading and writing, both of which are really big when it comes to law school and the practice of law. And so, you know, through that, through my time at Washita, I just, you know, I guess ultimately decided that um, that I should pursue a law degree. And it's kind of funny that while I was at Washita, there was a period of time when I kind of thought maybe I wanted to be a high school football coach. And so I took a few classes in that direction and, and enjoyed that. But just, you know, when I, when I thought about, you know, where, where would I be, where did I feel like I could, um, you know, be most happy and really um, utilize, I guess, whatever talents or abilities I had, uh, I felt like, you know, pursuing a law degree and then, uh, ultimately returning back to El Dorado to have a small town law practice would be, you know, probably the best use of my talents and abilities. Yeah. What does that look like now that you're, you know, in the legislature, do you get to practice much law at all, or is it just kind of an on hold thing while you're serving? What does that look like? No, I still have a very active law practice. Uh, you know, in Arkansas, the legislature is, is considered a part-time legislature legislature. And so, um, all of us or, or many of us have other jobs, you know, back home. Some folks are retired. Some folks, this is all they do. But but for me, um, you know, I'd, I've got to have a, a job back home that helps to pay the bills and provide for my family. But also it's, it's what I enjoy doing and having a small town practice has been enjoyable. I've, I've been at it for um, almost 20 years or actually just over 20 years now. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm still still have a very active practice. There are things that I have to do a little differently. Um, you know, when I know that I'm going to be in session for several months, I I try to get take care of uh, you know as as many court appearances and other things uh, you know prior to going into session. And then um, you know, fortunately, I've got a lot of clients that that they understand that you know with the, I guess with with me that there are periods of time when I have to be in Little Rock or that I otherwise have to be tied up. And, and I also have the benefit of having um, a law partner who's my brother, uh, John Thomas Shepard. And then we have an associate that's a Washita grad, uh, Will Haygai. Oh, yeah. And so they really help us out, help me out uh, and really keep things moving along while while I have to be here in Little Rock. So are you so I guess it's not not a full time gig for you. How often are you in Little Rock? Is it when you're not in session? Are you still coming in occasionally to the office there? Yeah, I mean, I think over the last, well, I was just looking at some information here a second ago, and I'm usually in the interim up here at least one day a week, if not more. And I would say that during COVID, that it has become much more like a full-time job uh, just because of the demands that we had from from a public health standpoint, and then all the money that the federal government was pouring into the state. There were a lot of decisions that had to be made during the interim. Uh but I would say most weeks during the interim, I'm probably here uh, usually probably a couple days. And I try to try to work it out to uh, I may come up for for an afternoon, spend the night, stay over and work the next day here. Um, but, you know, in my role as speaker, that obviously there's a lot that has to be to be done. There's a lot of work that, that goes on during the interim. Uh, but then additionally, things I would say things have kind of changed. Uh, during and post COVID and it, it, it has uh, there's a lot more demands on my schedule, but also probably for most legislators as well. Uh, I know you have quite a family history at Washita. It looked like you're what a third generation Washingtonian. Is that right? Well, you know, actually, um, actually my great, great grandfather attended Washita uh, around mm-hmm. uh, somewhere around 1890. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, there's been various members of my family, probably through five generations now, uh, that that have attended Washita. Uh, you know, a lot. Uh, going back to my great great grandfather, I think uh, I was actually in, in preparation for this interview. I was, I was asking my grandmother about about uh, this, just to try and refresh my memory. But yeah. he attended around around the 1890s. Uh, but ultimately, he he left Washington. He didn't graduate because uh, he decided to get married, and he needed to go back home uh, to uh, rural uh, Dallas County to farm and make some money so he could afford to get married and take care of take care of a wife and then uh, soon to be family. Uh, but Washita is something, particularly my mom's family, uh, has been a really special place for for a number of generations. I know during my time at Washita, I had a uh, couple well, several cousins uh, that were there at the same time as myself. Um, my parents both attended Washita. That's where they met. Obviously, I met my wife at Washita. And uh, so it's a really special place. I, I feel very fortunate that I was able to attend and have a lot of great memories. Yeah. Tell me that story of how you met Allie. I mean, we were in school together, but um, I don't know if I heard the story of how, how you all met here. Well, you know, we we knew each other. She's a year behind me. And so we knew each other. But as far as how we ultimately uh, ended up going out or dating, um, 
she actually asked me out for twerp week. Oh yeah. Which I guess y'all still have that. The woman is required to pay. And uh, so that's the week where the different social clubs have functions and the girls ask the guys out that week. So um, she asked me out actually. And I guess the rest is history. I think our first date was uh fifties night. It was Eve fifties night. And, uh, you know, she, she was an E and, um, actually I was a beta, but I was also an Ebo, but she asked me out and, uh, I guess the, the rest is history. That's so funny. Twerp week. Twerp week is what did it. Yeah. Twerp week, I think is, uh, that's, that's, uh, probably, uh, that's, that's probably been the beginning of many, uh, great relationships there at Washita. It's true. I think it struggled during COVID. You know, we didn't know how to, how to do all these things, but uh, hopefully they're getting caught up on the, yeah. the dating. So, <laughs> so after uh, practicing law for a number of years, what led you to run for a state representative spot? Well, I had become the chairman of the Union County Republican Committee uh, sometime around 2007 or so. And we had an open house seat that was coming up for the 2010 election. And I felt like it was a seat that that uh, as Republicans that we we could pick pick up the seat. We could we could be successful and run somebody to to win that seat. Um, but then as you know, I started talking to folks, trying to recruit folks. Um, and through the course of that, I just had a lot of people that were like, why don't you do it? And uh, I just I didn't I didn't know it didn't really feel like the right time. I didn't know if it was going to be the right time. Um, I'd always been interested in politics to, I mean, because of my upbringing and my parents, uh, you know, we talked about the law, we talked about politics quite a bit and, you know, the, the news, we watched the news in the evenings. I'd already always been interested in that and had become, um, county chairman. So it's something I'd been interested in, but, you know, it's a pretty big step to, to, you know, to step out and to run for office and put your name out there and, um, you know, I was probably a little unsure and, and actually there's a gentleman elderated that that's kind of been somewhat of a mentor to me and somebody that's helped me out along the way. And he said, you know, he just said, Matthew, if you're, if you're waiting for the right time, it's never going to be the exact right time because you can always come up with excuses or, or reasons why not to do something. Um, and I, you know, I, that, that meant a lot to me to think about that. I mean, my nature is very concerned. I'm very conservative by nature. You know, if I make a decision, I like to, to feel very confident that, you know, the, that it's going to be a positive outcome and that everything's um, that that everything is lined up. But, um, you know, I just prayed about it. Allie and I prayed about it. It was a it was a pretty big step, uh, a step out in faith because, you know, being being in the legislature and taking time away from a law practice, if I'm not practicing law, then I'm not you know, I'm not bringing in money in, in, in terms of of. Uh, you know, the, the type of practice I have and being in a, a small town attorney. I mean, it's as sometimes people say, you eat what you kill. It's you, you if you're, you practice, you bill, you, you're, you're making, you make money and you provide for your family. But when you step away from that, and if you're not, if you're not billing those hours, then, then the, you know, we're not going to bring in as much money. And so it was, it was really kind of a step out in faith. Uh, I mean, we do, we do get, you know, paid um, for, we do get uh, paid to be here in the legislature and we get per diem. Um, but, but it does have, you know, it does, it is a commitment of, of time. It's and uh, also 
um, you know, it does kind of impact, certainly changes how you what your daily life looks like. But I, I finally just decided that for someone like myself, who, you know, had a wife and kids, had been very fortunate and blessed by my community and, and my upbringing and being able to to come back home and the community had been so good to me. And I've been engaged in the community and a lot of nonprofits and other things. I just felt like, you know, if, if folks like myself don't step up, then who will? Mm. And so I just ultimately decided, you know what, I feel like this is what, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, who knows what the outcome would be, but stepped out and, and was fortunate to be elected in, in 2010 and, and have been uh, reelected uh, ever since that, that point. Yeah, that's exciting. I think it would be nerve wracking to kind of put yourself under the, the microscope there and and uh, run for office. But looks like it's been successful for you. So that's good. So far, so far, it's been very good. But, I, you know, I would say that it's running for office. There's really nothing else like it. You know, there's there's I would say there's not that many things in life that that really when you're when you're I think when you're going about it the right way, when you're fully committed to it, I mean, something that's on your mind as you go through a campaign every single day, I mean, you wake up with that campaign on your mind, you go to bed with it on your mind. Um, you know, when you, and, and I was very fortunate to have good volunteers, a lot of strong financial support. Uh, but then, you know, at the end of the day, that's it's your name there on the ballot. And it's, it's, you know, and, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just a kind of a, it's an exciting time, uh, but it's also, you know, from personally, it's very challenging. But I can also look back and see how, um, particularly running for office and, and how my time, you know, growing up in El Dorado, being at Washita, uh, coming back to El Dorado, practicing law, being engaged in the community, how all those things really came together at the right time in the right way. And, and that was, you know, a big part of my success. Yeah, I know you've uh, served on a number of committees. I saw your, your committee assignments online. You've had quite a bit of a different experience while you've been in the house for the last 10 plus years. Um, have there been some, you know, favorite committees you've served on or some legislation you've worked on that you're most proud of? Well, as far as committees, um, I really enjoyed being the chairman of the house judiciary committee. Uh, obviously once I became speaker, I gave up that, gave up that position uh, and actually appointed another Washington graduate. Carol Dalby is now the chair of house mm-hmm. judiciary, but um, I enjoyed my time as chairman of the House Judiciary. Being an attorney, having practiced law, that committee really deals with so much of of what you know my training and education was geared towards. As far as legislation that I've uh, been proud to be a part of, you know, there's there's so many things. I mean, as I look back over over twelve years in the legislature, there's so many things that that I've worked on or been a part of. And, and one of the things I try to remind myself each and every day is it doesn't matter what kind of legislation it is, what's coming up, you know, what comes before us. There's some things that seem really, you know, they seem like things that nobody would really care about, or that's like, why, why do we have to even deal with this? But the bottom line is every piece of legislation, it, it impacts, it impacts the state of Arkansas. And there's probably, some Arkansans out there that it really is of great importance to. And so I try to keep that in mind, but you know, one of the things that uh, early on I was able to uh, serve as lead sponsor on was the sales tax holiday. And that was something I was really proud of. 
um, particularly coming from South Arkansas, because I, I had seen all these years where folks were going to Texas and Louisiana to buy their school supplies and to get their, uh, you know, back to school clothes and all those types of things. And we were able to pass legislation here in Arkansas so that folks could stay right here at home. And I think it's been very successful. It's kept that money here in the state of Arkansas. But also, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks in my community that that they're not they weren't able to go out of town to buy school supplies and to buy clothes and do all that. This is a way that allows them to be able to, to save a little bit of money, you know, right here at home, right here in the state of Arkansas. And so that's something I'm, I was really proud of. We've also, we've cut a lot of taxes over my time here. In fact, I guess it was about six months ago, I think we passed the largest tax cut in the history in the state of Arkansas. But even be- before that, we've passed numerous, uh, numerous pieces of uh, legislation that have reduced the financial burden on Arkansans. And so that's something I'm, that I'm proud of. Uh, and then, you know, on top of that, uh, Arkansas has become one of the most pro-life states in the United States. And that's been during during my time here in the legislature. And I'm uh, proud of that and proud to, to be a pro-life legislator and to see us make progress here in the state of Arkansas. But uh, you know, being in the legislature, uh, any of any of those things, even the things that, that, you know, you serve as lead sponsor on, it's ultimately it takes teamwork. It's a team effort. Uh, and I think that over the past 12 years, uh, we've had a lot of good folks here in the legislature. And, and we've, I think we've done a lot of good work. Yeah, that's great. You know, I hear from a lot of folks that you are liked and respected on both sides of the aisle, that people respect you as speaker. How do you navigate those relationships, you know, in both parties, especially in your time as speaker? How do you kind of navigate those those relationships? Well, that's a that's a really good question, um, because we do live in an era where it's politics has changed a lot. It's it's uh, I think a lot of it's due to social media, but we do live in an era where it's become hyper hyper partisan and, and so much is kind of aired out on. Um, social media, you know, I think it's, I think it just goes back to trying to treat people the way that I would like to be treated and try to give respect to everybody that's here. Uh, And not just the legislators, but our constituents and everybody that's part of this process. Um, I would say that that's, that's probably the biggest thing. And, and, you know, related to that is just, uh, I try to make sure that, that, and how I conduct myself and how I interact with folks that I go about it the right way. Um, you know, I, I want to be a man of my word, want to be upfront. I want to be honest. I'm, I'm not into, I mean, clearly a speaker, um, you know, I don't think of myself as being overly political, but I'm the speaker of the house. So, I mean, obviously I, I, I am in the world of politics but I think that it comes back to just trying to treat folks the right way and just, you know, you, we can have disagreements, um, but then we move on to the next issue. And some of that comes from my background as an attorney. I mean, as an attorney, you go into court, you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. And, uh, but you have, to, you have to move on to the next case, the next issue. And that's, that's what I've tried to bring here to the House is that we can have disagreements and we can, you know, you know, fight it out, debate it out and all that. But then we have to we have to move on to the next issue. And that's what the people of Arkansas expect. So those are the things that I, that I think have served me well. Um, 
you know, I kind of also have a, a bit of a saying with some of the folks that, that I deal with around here is, you know, I want to know that whatever we do is legal, moral and ethical and that and not just that, but that it appears to be as well. And so we try to do things the right way. And so far, it's so far, it's served me well. Um, but, you know, a lot of it just comes back to communication and relationships and respecting each other. And um, I've, I've been very fortunate to serve with a lot of good folks uh, here in the house. And, you know, I told my wife yesterday that, you know, now here it is, I'm looking back 12 years and, you know, some of my best friends in, in life have, are folks that I've served with here in the house, in the House of Representatives. And so those relationships, I think, go a long ways to trying to keep us focused. And even if we disagree, we're still trying to do what's in the best interest of people of Arkansas. Um, has there been any, you know, big challenge you faced in your time in public service? Like what's been the biggest challenge that you faced in your time in the legislature? Oh, there's, there's probably challenges each and every day. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes in the role as speaker, there's a lot of good things that go along with it. There's a lot of things that with the added responsibility, uh, it does, you, you are subjected to probably more criticism and attacks and some of the other things, but that just comes along with it. I would say that the biggest challenge during my time has been, was over the better part of the last two years dealing with the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, because that's just something that none of us had experienced. You know, at the state level, it was it was clearly a challenge. Um, you know, most of the time, most of the time when we're in the interim, when we're outside of session, things are pretty quiet. You know, probably historically, most speakers have not had to worry about necessarily being in the office that much or worried about, you know, the kind of the day-to-day workings of state government. But for, for a good portion of the last two years, that's been something that, that uh, you know, we've had challenges, whether it comes from, the, you know, the public health side, hospital beds, ventilators, to uh, education. Would we have school? Would we have school? Would we have extracurricular activities? I mean, there's there's been so many issues that really COVID uh just disrupted so many aspects of our, you know, of our everyday lives. And as speaker, um, you know, that there was obviously a lot more that we had to address and deal with uh, as, as speaker and also as a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm proud of how we worked through that. I think Arkansas fared, uh, you know, pretty well compared as compared to, to many other states, but I would say that's, that's clearly been the biggest challenge. And then that, created some additional challenges as we moved into uh, last regular session, which was about a year ago, because we weren't really able to, to have a lot of the meetings, a lot of the face-to-face conversations that we had had in the past that we weren't really ready, to, you know, able to do the type of preparation work that we normally would do. Uh, so that really created a, maybe made last session, uh, create some additional pressure, some additional challenges for us. But Ultimately, we made it through. We did so in a safe and a healthy way from a COVID perspective. But then on top of that, we were able to, to get things done for the people of Arkansas. But that's I would say COVID has been the biggest challenge as far as my time as speaker was just dealing with that and, and navigating that. And then, you know, there were some things that coming out of COVID, we recognized that we needed to make some changes. We made some changes to 
some of the emergency powers and how that works and what powers the governor has during those types of situations. So um, I would have to say that's been the most challenging uh, period of time during my time as speaker. Yeah, I think that there were so many challenges we wouldn't have even expected in that process. But um, but yeah, appreciate the way that you all have handled that and and been there for Arkansans for sure. Um, yeah, I know you have three great kids live in El Dorado, um, where you were born and raised. Seems you have a real love and a passion for that town and your the church. Uh, what do you love about El Dorado, and why did you decide to return to raise your family there? Uh, there there's there's a lot to love about El Dorado. Uh, I think that for me, uh, I just I love the the people and just really the spirit of of El Dorado and Union County and that part of Arkansas. Um, you know, El Dorado is a little different than from most small um, southern towns anyway, because of the fact that we've had. Um, uh, you know, we've had some Fortune 500 companies headquartered there. We still have Murphy USA headquartered there. Uh, El Dorado is very closely aligned with the oil and gas industry. Um, but I think it's it, one of the things I'm really proud of is El Dorado has always had kind of a can-do attitude that, you know, we try to we try to take care of ourselves and figure out ways to to solve our problems at home and not really depend on other folks. I mean, we know that, you know, we're, we're on the far edge of Southern Arkansas. It's, you know, two hours from Little Rock. It's, and so we, we've just, whether it's the, the, you know, Murphy oil stepping up with the Eldorado promise or the Murphy arts district, uh, or some of the other things that are going on in our community, uh, just really, uh, really proud of, of what our community, how our community comes together uh, and how we, you know, try to pull together to to solve the problems that face us. That you know, we have challenges just like every other community in the state and every other community in the United States. But really proud of how we pull together. And, and I think that the quality of life uh, in Elder is it's it's uh, you know it, it was a great place for me to grow up. I received a great education in the Elder schools. And, you know, I feel like it's a place where, where my kids are, have and are continuing to receive a really good education there. And the fact that the Elder Ed Promise exists doesn't hurt anything either to uh, have their college education paid for, which we're very, very appreciative of. But uh, there's just a lot of a lot of good things going on there. And, and I've been very fortunate to be a part of that community for all these years. Uh, to kind of switching gears to your Washtenaw time, would love to hear just a couple of your favorite memories from your time on campus. Um, do you have a favorite professor while you were at school? Well, I, you know, I was looking at, at some of these quick questions that you had for me. I, yeah. I, I probably have to get, I'm, I'm going to give a real politician answer here because <laughs> I, I don't think I could limit it to just one. Uh, really, really, I, I can't think of a, of a professor that I didn't like or that, that wasn't good, but I would say the ones that really stand out to me, uh, uh, Mr. Cole in the history department. Um, then you had Dr. Bass, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Reed, both in political science. Uh, Trey Berry was there while I was there. Of course, now he's the president at, SA, at SAU. Right. And, uh, but really, I just, and, and Dr. Grenade, I had a few history classes with him, but 
those would be the ones that really kind of stand out to me. But I really had some great professors, some great teachers that really, really, uh, they were great people. They were great teachers. But the the fact that they cared about each of us as individuals, um, that really made all the difference in the world. Definitely. Uh, was there a, a class that stands out to you, a favorite course you had while you were here? I can't, you know, I can't remember the specific, uh, the specific uh, class, you know, names. The I would say the, the history classes were probably my favorite. Um, and, I, you know, I was, I've shared this with, with uh, Trey Berry. Of course, I see him quite a bit now that he's at SAU. But um, one of the classes that, that he taught, we had like a mock constitutional convention and uh, he talked a little bit about how folks selected seats, historically how they selected seats and why certain things were done. And I, you know, I shared with him that one of the things we do every year uh, is we pick seats in the house. And so when I was picking a seat as a, as an incoming freshman legislator, I was kind of thinking back to some of the things that, that Dr. Barry had said, uh, when we're taking that class, but I, I would say uh, really those those history classes and the political science classes were good too. But those are the, they they all were really really great classes. Really enjoyed them. That's fun. Um, now, do I remember that were you in a couple of Tiger Tune shows in your time as a beta? I was, but don't go looking for any footage <laughs> of that. Any footage? Do you have a favorite or one of the ones that you were in that you enjoyed? Uh, oh. I, <laughs> I would say uh, I think my I think it was my sophomore year. I think we were babies. Okay. So I think that was uh, that was one of our better shows. Although uh, you know I'm not sure any of them were that that great. But I do remember us working really hard. I think Mike Marquez and Neil Ingram. Uh, I think they coordinated that for us, and so we had some really some really great lyrics and. Uh, some not too great dance moves and other things, but that that would be my favorite. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of my job is being in charge of tunes. Cause it's such an, a great tradition, but getting to work with all the students, you know, those that are used to singing and dancing and those that are not is a lot of fun. For <laughs> sure. um, do you have a favorite spot on campus, a favorite place when you come to visit? I mean, there's, there's several that are, that really stand out in my mind. I think the, the bluff overlooking the river, uh, looking out across the river, you can see over it to the to the, some of those farms across the river. That's that's pretty cool. But I would say for me, it's it's really just that main part of campus where the tiger is, and and also over by, uh, I guess it was Anthony. I think Anthony's still in the same place at the at the right there um, at the end of the road there. At the end of the road, so. Uh, for a couple of years, I lived on the first floor of Anthony and uh, we had a room that was like right there by the door and we had, you know, lawn chairs and uh, different things that we would, you know, in the spring, we'd, we'd raise our windows, we'd play music really loud and we'd just hang out on the, you know, in front of Anthony. So that was, that's kind of a, kind of a special place as well. That's funny. Yeah. I, I should also mention that I did get engaged at Washita, so I would be remiss if I didn't say that Cone Bottoms, uh, that's where I proposed to Allie, uh, that, that that also is uh, carries a lot of significance for, for me. Yeah, it's a special place. I love that. 
Uh, favorite memory? It may be getting engaged, but do you have a favorite memory? Yeah. So getting engaged, that has to be that has to be the top memory from my time at Washita. And actually, uh, I'm trying to think. Actually, I was I'd already graduated. Allie was a year behind me. I came came back to to Washita. I think it was during homecoming. Uh, her senior year, and that's when when we got engaged. Uh, but that that obviously is is the, my greatest Washita memory. Uh, you know, beyond that, oh my goodness, there's so many so many memories, so many things I could talk about. I would say uh, probably the second uh, my probably the number two in terms of memories is that uh, when I think it was my sophomore year, we won the intramural football championship. Uh, our beta black team, which we were serious underdogs and somehow we won it. So we thought that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Uh, But that would be, that would be up there. And then, you know, there's just so many memories that, that I could go on and on. So many special people, so many great friends. Uh, You know, I I think about taking some classes under coach Benson and, and, you know, we would, we would just try and get him talking about, you know, him playing for the Razorbacks or, or his coaching history and, and, you know, being able to have to get to know him uh, to just the, uh, you know, getting to hang out with your friends, you know, late at night going to Subway at Caddo Valley. Uh, There's just so many memories. It's great place. Great place. I love it. Hey, we just went there this weekend to the Caddo Valley Subway. So (laughs) that's where my, yeah, my, my, Probably before I attended Washita, my my uh, palate was not very well developed. But then, you know, when you go into the subway at Caddo Valley, I think I've tried every combination of of meat and vegetables and everything else on a sandwich out there. So that's another thing that Washita did for me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, anything else you'd like to say to Washingtonians out there listening today? You know, I'm just I'm just uh, was. Glad to be a part of this. I'm, I'm proud of my ties to Washington. I'm proud of what Washington stands for, and um, really appreciate appreciate the invitation to to uh, to talk with you today. And and uh, I'm just really proud of of what Washington stands for, and proud to be a Washingtonian. Well, hey, we're proud of the work that you do there. Thank you for uh, the sacrifice of representing, you know, your area and the state in the legislature. I know that it's a lot to be away from home and away from family so much. And we uh, just thank you for, you know, your dedication to that and for representing the whole state as speaker. So, uh, thanks again for joining us and, uh, appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the tiger for life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe. So you won't miss out on future episodes.